We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, Casual Friday. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. All right, so on Wednesday, I did this broadcast from a large hotel lobby, and people were drinking and walking around while I was trying to talk. Today, for Casual Friday, I am taping this in the kitchen, a wide open kitchen, by the way, with nothing up on the walls. You're probably gonna hear that throughout uh, of a buddy's house. Obviously not in my own house anymore because I currently don't have one living in a hotel. Anyway, again, like I said, casual Friday, we're gonna get to all that stuff. This is gonna be a fun one. As I have every week I'm with me on Friday, Joe Yurden, my buddy, noted jerk. I love that nickname, by the way. <laughs> because it's so not you, but it's just, the, that makes the nickname actually uh, fun to say. But what's going on, Joe? How you doing? Oh, you know, not much. Just getting through it. Man, I, I'll, before we get going, I had a scare this week um, where, you know, I, we, you know, I went to the Yankee game last week, which was awesome, which was ridiculous. And... Um, you know, my, you had to see my dad, you know, it was like, you know, for ahead of, you know, it was like my treat for father's day and my sister I hadn't seen them in a little bit. So it was, just, you know, a chance for them to get away. Uh, you know, my mom, you know, my mom got some alone time at home, which she was thankful for. So she was, so she was happy. So everybody was happy. And a day and a half later, I felt like crap, like just absolute garbage. And I was just like, what's going on here? It's like, I had the chills, my whole body aches. I got that I had a fever and I'm just like, oh, no, did did I get one of the did I did I get hit? Like, did like even though I'm vaccinated, the whole thing, did I end up getting COVID? And I was like, I got to Well, I got to you know, if I got it, I got to let my family know right away because I just seen them. So I ran out, got one of those you know rapid tests on a Sunday morning of all things. It's like nine o'clock Sunday morning. I'm blitzing up to, you know, Millersport Highway. To, you know, right outside the Marriott out there, out there to get to get a test done because they get you get your results in a half hour. And the whole time I'm just thinking, I was like, all right, who do I have to you know, how many people do I have to get a hold of? Because I was convinced I had it like was convinced. And I'm just thinking like going out all the checklists. I'm just like, where like, you know, how, how you know, forget how it could happen. It could happen anywhere, uh, you know, with, you know, especially with, you know, mask stuff being dropped and all that stuff. So I did all this worrying, got all this fretting, got like got all my ducks in a row just to find out I didn't have it. <laughs> and then the feelings disappeared the next day. Like it was all gone. And I was just like, 
how does this happen? And I had a doctor buddy of mine explain it to me. He's like, he's like, well, think about it this way. Everybody's been locked up for a year and a half. So all like the winter viruses and everything, it started to come out again in the middle of summer. And I'm like, that's bullshit. We should not get this stuff in the middle of summer. It's hot out. It's supposed to be nice. The common and, cold is back. Right. The common cold is back. Right. It's, <laughs> it's insane. But like, yeah, I, I caught this like 36 hour bug and I was terrified. Just absolutely mortified that like I got my family sick. How many times over the last, I don't know what, say 14, 15 months or so, did you get a scare? Like where you said, maybe it wasn't as severe. Like you said, you felt like real shit this past week. But were there any times like throughout this last year where you were, um, you know, where like, you're like, man, I might, maybe I got COVID right now. Um, How many times did you get tested? uh, Twice. Uh, And that's, yeah, twice. Uh, because I had to get it tested. I had to get tested once for, for being able to cover the Sabres games. Cause they needed a, they needed a clean bill of health to do that. Sure. And <clears throat> the only, the only other thing, the only other time I was worried about anything was right when stuff started um, last March, because I was going out, you know, nobody, nobody was masking up. Nobody was doing anything, but I was going out, having fun at the bars, hanging out with friends. And I distinctly remember, very distinctly remember being at Essex street one night, you know, like it was like the last roundup before everything got shut down and, you know, people, re- you know, I was there, people recognized me. They're like, Hey man, let's get you a beer. Let's get you a shot. Blah, 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 blah. Like, and I'm just like, Oh my, like, Oh man, this is pretty cool. This is fun. And then like a <laughs> day or two later, they're like, all right, everything's closing, shut everything down. And for the next two months straight, I didn't leave my apartment except to go to the grocery store. Like I was mortified. I was checking my temperature like three times a day for, for a month because I was like, there's like, if it's that bad out there and like, I don't like, listen, I know how it was. Nobody was masking up. Nobody was doing anything. I was like, if I got it, I'm going to know pretty quick. (laughs) That was my thought. Like if I got it, I'm going to know soon. So I wanted to be ready for it. Like I stocked up on all the stuff. Like, going to the pharmacy was like trying to buy zinc and all this, you know, vitamin C, all these things. And every place was out of it because everybody was just like, Nope, doomsday, doomsday. We got it. We got to pack it away. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is horrible. So like for two months straight, I worried, even though like after, you know, a couple of weeks, I was probably in the clear, but I was like, no man, like I live by myself. Like if I got this, I gotta be, I gotta be, I gotta be on the ball. I gotta be ready. <laughs> I got tested. Oh, God, man, I want to, um, this is a conservative estimate. I probably got tested eight times, maybe nine Oof. and a couple of reasons. Well, first of all, let me say this too. In Buffalo for a long time, it was a lot harder to get tested. Mm-hmm. The process was terrible, waiting forever and mm-hmm. waiting forever to get your results back. And it was kind of like that in Florida early on, but Florida was way ahead of New York when it came to like the rapid testing where you can go in and get a test. But there were a handful of reasons. Well, first of all, my wife had COVID. So I got tested two or three times within that two week span, mm-hmm. including when we both got tested, which again, and I don't want to dump in deep dive into some COVID talk today, but again, I'll say it, man. I, I slept in the same bed with her, was with her 24 seven. And we both got tested at the same time as she had COVID and I never got it. It just, it's weird. All right, let's just put it That's that way. I- but anyway, I got tested for that. I had to, I, I think I took a flight once or twice. So I had to get tested before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something with my son's football. Oh, before we went on uh, two recruiting trips, we had to have COVID tests like prior to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I got tested uh, plenty of times. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're all right. 
I'm glad it was just the, the yeah. common cold, which again, I guess the common <laughs> cold is coming, or the flu, whatever you want to call it, is definitely coming back yeah. in 2020. Whatever, whatever virus it was, it lasted 36 hours, which I guess in that case, I'm thankful it wasn't a stomach virus because that would have been, <laughs> that would have been like more noticeable, but also way more miserable. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you what, let me just spend a minute here kind of setting everything up and resetting this past week. Some people maybe haven't tuned into this podcast since I had Joe on last Friday. I am, I'm, I'm moving. I'm going back to Buffalo. I finally, it's official. And I, and I had a little like mini pod on Wednesday made a, you know, nothing dramatic, but I made the announcement that, you know, I'm coming back and I explained why. And, uh, you know, I kind of related it to the podcast and some things that I plan on doing once I get back up to Buffalo, I'll be up for good July 4th. Um, couple quick things. If it sounds shitty today, like I said, I, for the last couple of years, pretty much since this podcast has been born, I've had in my room, acoustic paneling and, you know, a nice setup. So the sound was at least decent. I don't know how it's sounding right now, but I could hear echoes flying through the wall. Cause again, and there's bare ass walls right in front of me. So if the sound's <laughs> bouncing a little bit, you know what? Deal with it, man. But anyway, we're out of our apartment. Our stuff's in a pod is going up to Buffalo in early July. We're staying at a hotel, living there for the next two weeks. Uh, yeah, though, man, I'm coming back home. Me and you can get some wings and we can start doing at least some of these anyway over some beers and, right. and some wings. And it'll, it'll be a lot more fun doing it that way. Living in a hotel, by the way, not as fun as some people think it would be. There's no way that's fun. It's not. It, it can't be fun. Like it's I know, not. I know Evander Kane lived in a, lived in a hotel for like a year here in Buffalo. His first, his first year in Buffalo, he lived, he lived at the Harbor Center Hotel, which listen, if you're going to be, if you're going to live in a hotel, the, the premier suite at the Harbor Center Marriott's probably a pretty good place to do it. Sure. But also, waiting, you know, waiting on people is nice. You know, even in, even in a normal hotel, it's nice, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's cramped. There's three of us. Plus my son's girlfriend is there. I have no idea why he can't just go to her goddamn house. He's got to come to the hotel room. So there's so often four of us cramped in this room. I mean, there's two queen size beds, but, and there's a closet. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's a nice room. It's my wife's company, by the way, they're putting us up during this time. It's kind of mm-hmm. part of the, the transition, um, back to Buffalo. But yeah, I mean, it's just been a it's been a real whirlwind. Before we talk Bills and Sabres and get to our starting five, I do want to tell you a quick story because I'm, I'm going to talk about this like on Twitter to promote this. It's a red wine story, Joe. Okay. You, you, told, me, you told me to get ready for this. And I'm get ready prepared. for this. Okay. I, I tweeted. I don't have it in front of me, but I tweeted and I'm paraphrasing that fuck red wine. I think red wine is the worst thing that's ever happened <laughs> in this world. Let me tell you what happened. So this past week we were moving. We were packing cleaning, getting all of our shit ready to go. And I am a pretty, I don't want to say I'm a clean freak, but I'm, I, I'm close to it. All right. I'm a very organized, clean person in the house. I know how complexes work, how they always, they want to screw you out of your security deposit. They're always going to find reasons to, to keep your money. Most landlords in fact do that. So I've been very adamant for two years that we lived in this complex to like, if somebody walks on the rugs with their shoes on, I, I freak out. You know, I would yell at my son, yell yeah. at my wife, yell at friends, get your shoes off on the goddamn rug. So the rugs have been pretty immaculate considering they've been there for two years now. So we had movers coming because I ain't moving shit myself. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking, we hired somebody to, yeah. to, to, to do the moving for us. Right. And well, I mean, to be fair, I got COPD, so I'm not lifting shit anyway. But anyway, long story short. So 
We're getting everything ready, boxed and up against the walls and nice and organized, just the way the movers, they gave us some instructions to have things in certain areas. Well, not even 24 hours, less than 24 hours before the movers came. In fact, forget 24 hours, my bad, about six hours before the, the movers came. I have, so there were some bottles on the floor. Like um, we have a wine rack that was in the dining room on the floor. Mm-hmm. And we had a bottle of vodka and I don't know, one or two other things and a bottle of red wine. So I was like, I don't want the, the movers to get confused, you know, taking this, taking, this was staying with us for the time being. I wanted to get it out of the way. So I went to put in like this bathroom, off bathroom pantry. And when I went to put them there, it slipped just ever so slightly in the very bottom of a red wine bottle, like kind of clipped one of the shelves for the pantry. The bottle exploded. Red wine literally all over the rug. It looked like a triple homicide scene on my rug. And this is six hours literally before the movers come with, uh, again, I, I, I was in a position to get my security deposit back oh, in and about man. two seconds that went bye-bye. My buddy came with a rug shampoo. God bless his soul. It did look better, but it, not nearly enough. They're, long story short, they're definitely going to be putting a new rug in there. So bye-bye security deposit, fucking red wine, two years of being adamant about keeping the rugs as clean as humanly possible. And I'm the one, thank God it was me and not one of them. So I can only blame myself, but yeah, man, I clipped a pantry with a bottle of red wine, boom, all over the place. Bye-bye, I don't know, what, $1,200 security deposit? See you uh, later. See, <laughs> when Billy Mays passed away years ago, I wondered, who's, who's going to keep the rugs clean? Who's going who's gonna to save everybody from these, these, these insane dilemmas that they show in these ads for like the next great cleaner of carpets where people are dumping like whole bowls of chocolate pudding or like, you know, burning hot butter off the, off the stove or, or, you know, like running, you know, throwing grass clippings everywhere and rubbing them into the carpet, like all these things. And of course the big one, it's always the bottle of red wine getting just dumped all over the carpet. And I always say, who the hell's going to like, what clumsy ass is going to do this? And I'm so sorry I, it's you. <laughs> I'm so sorry it's you because that if you're gonna pay twelve hundred bucks for a bottle of wine, you That's, really are gonna enjoy that wine. Let's put it I that way. I don't like red wine. I don't like red wine. Oh. The taste of it to begin with, and now, like I said, red wine is my biggest enemy for the rest of my life. Which is funny because my wife was like actually literally in the shower when I dropped the bottle, and she hears, "Oh, fuck it, I can't believe it." She goes, "What happened? What happened? What happened?" <laughs> And it's not, and here's the funniest thing. And this is the funny, uh, the, the ironic part about the red wine is this is not the, this is the first time I did it to my own rug, but it's not the first time I spilled a significant amount of red wine. I ruined one of my buddy's rugs back in Lackawanna about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I was hammered and I had a glass. I don't even know why I was drinking it. I was hammered. And I remember vividly, I, I, and he has a nice tan or beige rug and I spilled my entire glass of red wine all over his, uh, it's more so there's never gonna here's the moral of the story joe there ain't ever like if you come over my house when i'm back in buffalo guess what you're not gonna find in my house (laughs) don't bring any and don't bring it with you because i won't let you in now not gonna happen i gotta ask because i now i have like every infomercial about stain cleaner in my mind what color is the carpet typical apartment complex beige tan okay yeah, it's I, I was hoping color. it wasn't like ivory white carpet, and then that way, like they have to like take the carpet out and also set it on fire. 
Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I mean, it's the typical, you know, these complexes, they have like 100 apartments. I'm sure the the rug's probably cheap, but, you know, they're going to jack the price up on, on everybody. And I put on Twitter, I complained about red wine, but I kind of mentioned I didn't say how much I spilled. A lot of people said, and I, I was wondering if they were joking around or if this is the truth, but I thought it was a joke, but a couple people said it. Put white wine with it and like mix it on the rug. What? I can't, I don't know. Maybe people were just fucking with me, but I'm telling what? you at least three, at least three people said that. So I'm like, man, these people all must know the same joke or something. Hmm. See, I would have, I would have bought like one of those gallon containers of OxyClean and just dumped it all over it. Just like poured water on it. Just be like, please, please, God, get this out, please, please. <laughs> Cause the, I, I mean, red wine is nice like i'm not a big wine person at all like if i'm at a nice dinner i'm getting i'm getting a glass of wine maybe two we'll see depends on how nice the dinner is really let's uh, let's put it that way but spilling it is like, like i don't keep wine in the house because i'm a klutz i'm a total klutz like and i don't you know I'm not, if i'm making myself dinner it's not gonna be something super fancy anyways but like if i'm making a steak steak and a nice wine's really good like that's that's really nice and I can't do it. Like, I just can't. Like, if I bring it into the house, I have to drink the entire bottle that night because not because I have a problem, but because I don't want to <laughs> spill it. I don't want to spill it anywhere. Like, I'll, you know, I'll drink it in the kitchen. Like, you know, my entire apartment has carpeting except for the kitchen and the bathroom. I yeah. will drink it like standing in the kitchen. The kitchen's tiny. So, like, I, I'm just I'm not bringing it anywhere near a carpeting. Because it should have never been on the floor that. from the beginning. Like I said, I had a wine rack, but it should have never been on the floor to begin with. It should have been mm. in a cabinet somewhere. And the worst part, like I said, it, it was probably sitting there for two years. So it wasn't even like wine that my wife wanted to drink. Uh, whatever, though. It's it's my fault. But I, you know, I am. I blame other people. Oh. Because within an hour, I was like, well, you know, it should have never been mm. on the floor to begin with. Even though I'm literally the one who picked it up and smashed it up against the pantry. And I'm the reason why it broke. And there was a crime scene oh, on my rug whatever man uh, that's a <laughs> that's just that sucks so bad it's like and because it's the it's the security deposit thing like when i moved out of my place here there were like some dust bunnies that i missed like i'm spotless like no damage to the walls nothing and yeah i missed a couple of dust bunnies and they dig me they're like well we can't give you back your entire deposit we had to sweep this up so it was like hundred dollar dust bunnies and i was like you're crying out loud, guy. Like, you know, I got, you know, 500 of my $600 deposit back, but they're like, yeah, you know, we got to, we had to pay, pay to clean it up. And I was like, it takes two seconds, two seconds, like two seconds, whoop, whoop, gone. See ya. And they're like, no, well, this, we still had to do it. And I'm just like, oh, I'm crying out loud. But most expensive dust bunnies ever in my life. I can't believe the markup on dust bunnies these days. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough talk about red wine and uh, my hotel living and all that other shit that people don't care about. Talk a little bit of sports here. Um, some, I think, pretty significant Buffalo Bills news to come out over the last week or so. Uh, I think I believe it was originally Mike Catalana reported uh, in BuffaloPlus.com that uh, the Pagulas, it appears that their plan is now going to be to uh, build a new stadium, which I don't think is surprising mm-hmm. to anybody. But I think to some people, at least anyway, the, the surprise is that per these reports, the plan is to stay in Orchard Park and apparently like either directly where the old one is or, or, or close to it. Uh, and that not a dome stadium, but one of those overhanging ones, much like uh hard rock mm-hmm. stadium in Miami, which I've been there a few times, beautiful stadium. I read that the cost of the new stadium is very likely to surpass uh 2 billion and that it would take like three to five years to build earliest is 2025 would be ready to play is it possibly not to 2027. Uh, well, let's start here, man. I mean, what are your thoughts on a new stadium? Does that surprise you at all? And are you surprised that it's in Orchard Park as opposed to downtown? And what are your thoughts on that? The stadium likely staying in the same well, area? I, I look at it, I guess I'm a little bit more cynical when it comes to these things. Anything that's like big sports business, I always, you know, I'm always a big skeptic, you know, not quite full blown conspiracy theory, not with, you know, tinfoil hat on or anything like that. But I always look at it as a view of it's a it's a public negotiation of sorts because I, I you know, there's no way the Pagoulas are like if they do go brand new stadium, there's no way they're dropping the full two billion to buy it. You know, they're not going to they're not going to, no you know, they're not going to take away half of their half away, half of their supposed bankroll and put it into a stadium. There's just there's no way it won't happen. So the question then becomes, where does the money come to pay for the rest of it. And that the answer is almost always it's public money. And I, I think that, I think in this case, it, it's the argument between, you know, do you do it downtown Buffalo or you keep it out in the burbs? And people think that, you know, I, I know obviously the, what happened with the, the, the mayoral pri- primary democratic primary here turning with Byron Brown, apparently getting ousted by India Walton and India Walton's a, you know, I know everybody's going to get spooky socialist. Ooh, scary. But, but like any negotiation for, for public money comes from the state and the county, like in the county, like this, that goes beyond city, city costs. Like, cause the city, city shouldn't pump any money into it anyways. It, it's always the state. And that's, you know, that's when you got to think, well, they got to have some kind of deal with Cuomo. So, you know, everything's going to get worked out as long as he gets reelected in 2022, which he's totally going to, unless he decides to run for, some kind of public office and get embarrassed doing that. Like, like George Pataki did years ago. Um, like that's like, like you have to, like you have to figure that that's just, that's just settled. But like, I don't know, man, I, we kept hearing all this stuff about putting the stadium downtown and everything about it makes sense, except for the cost. Like the cost is, is the, I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense to build $2 billion stadium in, in Orchard Park either. Like, don't, you know, don't get it confused here thinking that that's a better investment. It's not. But I think if you're going to if you're going to do something. To like to bring a bigger profile to this team, which I mean, hey, 
let me keep winning. You're going to have a very high profile. You get to, you, you can basically call your shot all you want to. Um, but it sounds to me like, I don't know, man, like it just, all this work they've, they've done into the, the research and the, the projects. I know that it was made a big deal that they hired, uh, the, uh, the legends firm, which is, uh, based out of, uh, Dallas where, and, you know, Jerry Jones is involved with it. They work with the Yankees. They work with like Manchester city. They do all these things. They made a big deal about how they're, you know, they, they put them in charge of, of doing the study about all this stuff. And, and that that's weird because they had hired a company a year before that to do a study and they made a big deal about that. And where, what happened to that study? You know, what, what happened there? Like, did they not like what that that's, you know, what those people found out or did they not get the answers they were looking for? Like what, you know, whatever. But now it's, but now it's changed to maybe we just stay in Orchard Park and I just don't get it. And I don't know if that's just like realizing that if they, you know, if they go the way of, you know, getting rid of tail, uh, curtailing tailgating and, you know, given, given the mafia what they want and, you know, just to, you know, have a Sunday and just be, be drunk like crazy and go to football games. I don't know, but it's weird because I, I think that matters. I, I, I think it plays a part. And and Buffalo, it shouldn't it shouldn't control where you put the stadium. Like that's the crazy part to me. Right. Like you're you're a billionaire, and if you get a like a dome or retractable dome, whatever stadium downtown, and you can pull a Super Bowl here at some point, provided other things happen downtown, because you need all the bells and whistles. Like they ain't gonna show up for nothing. But I mean, if you can pull that kind of action at some point down the road, based on that investment. Don't you have to do it? I know Buffalo ain't a destination. People don't want to be going to mid-February to the Super Bowl in Buffalo. Like that's that's everybody's nightmare scenario. But like they pulled it off in New York City. They're they're pulling it off in like, you know, other, you know, I mean, they put the Super Bowl in Detroit for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> you think anybody wants to go to Detroit? They they've had it in Minnes- they've had it in Minnes- Minnesota and right. Minneapolis. The Bills lost the Super Bowl there, in fact. But I mean, yeah. like, you know, the Vikings built that new stadium. That like have they hosted or they're going to host the Super Bowl at some point, I gotta think. And then like all these other new ones that are getting, you know, the ones in Los Angeles, um, you got to think the one in Vegas is going to host the Super Bowl at some point. Like there's no way it's not going to like <laughs> put the biggest, you know, the biggest game in the world in Las Vegas. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff they dream about. But like if you're the Bills, don't settle for small time, man. Like if you got a chance to, to really make a mark, friggin do it. Like it, it, there's no reason to like to lean into this small time shit. Like just. If you're going to go big, just go big. Don't just say like, well, we've already got this nice stadium here. That shit's, what, 50, 60 years old? You can't do it. You just can't do it. From Well, let me ask you this too. Uh, to my knowledge, and maybe you pay more attention than I do, not that this matters too much, but it's not like the current stadium is, is a stadium where uh, a lot of people aren't complaining right. about it. Like, oh my God, this facility mm-hmm. suck. It's terrible. We need, you know, there's no uproar from fans, at least none that I hear. So- that surprises me a little bit. I kind of thought my guess would have been six months ago that they were going to just put more money, if anything, into renovating what they already had, which it's not that I'm upset or even against necessarily that I'm building a new stadium. But here's the thing too, from a business perspective, are you a little bit surprised that having an overhang now? I know it, like from a football standpoint, it's supposed to be like a sin in Buffalo to have a dome, but I look at it this way. You want to host more, big events, more major mm-hmm. concerts and stuff like that. You're not doing that shit from like what, November through at least eight, February, maybe even to March, even with an overhang. If you don't have a dome, mm-hmm. like if you have 
70,000 people with a dome, you can have Billy Joel come to Buffalo in December or Elton John or the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. or whoever. You know, you're not doing that in the winter. So that surprises me a little bit. If you're going to have an overhang, I'm, I'm surprised that they're not having a dome. And I know football purists are, especially when you think of the Buffalo Bills, you think of the elements and that it's an advantage. Mm-hmm. Although that's completely inaccurate right. in today's modern Buffalo Bills football, era of Buffalo Bills football, because I actually think it would be an advantage being a dome playing Josh Allen in right. December or January as opposed to being outside. I don't know, but are, are you a little bit surprised that like a dome is not even like in uh, apparently anyway, according to reports, it's not even really in consideration. I'm, I'm honestly really surprised about it because because you're right. Like it's not just football. If you're building something that big, you're just not saying we only want to use it, you know, eight to ten times a year than playoffs. Cause you know, I mean you get your preseason game or two. Nobody, nobody cares about those, but like you get your eight or your eight or nine now because it's 17 weeks. You get your eight or nine home games and then playoffs. So like, are you, are you going to build a $2 billion stadium to only hold, you know, up to 13 events? No, <laughs> no. Are you just going to like, are you going right. to like host every high school graduation there? No, because that, because that's not what you're aiming for. You're aiming for those giant shows. You want to bring Rihanna here. Like you want to stay, you want Beyonce to come here. She's only selling out giant stadiums, man. Like that's that's the only way that happens. You want to bring giant super bands on the road. Like some of them, they only play giant locations because they can a they can fill them and b that's what their stage their stage needs need. So you know, I, you, this is what I mean though. Like this is you can't think small time with this stuff. Like if you're going to invest this kind of money, don't half ass it. You know, I, I think of what happened with you know when they. You know, everybody said, well, they can't build a new stadium. They just improve stuff inside the inside the current stadium with the press boxes and, you know, the stuff in the corners. Like, well, what good is that to the fans? Fans don't give a shit about that. Like they hate they hate the writers. Like, right. They don't they don't care that, you know, the, the corporate offices in the corner. They don't care about those. They don't give a shit about that. It doesn't that doesn't mean anything to them. You know, like getting the being able to go to the, the concessions and getting in and out of the bathroom fast. That's what matters to the fans, you know, and not being totally on top of each other when you're leaving. Like those are the big things, yeah. and I, I I think though, with like when you're when you're talking about this, like you're and you're bringing in a group like Legends, you're getting the best of the best because you think about Jerry World in Dallas, and that's it's a obscene palace, you know. Even though people don't like the new Yankee Stadium, it's a clean, gorgeous park. It's very super corporate, but like that's gonna happen. And then, you know, and, you know, some of these other places that they work with, I think they, I think they had a hand in doing the Minnesota stadium. So it's like, these are, <laughs> these are, these are like jewels when it comes down to it. Like, do you want to have just like a grown up version of, you know, what, you know, Highmark stadium now? No. Like, do you just want it like, you know, built up a little higher with like an overhang? No, it's, it's crappy. You're right. A hundred percent. Right. And I think of split people. Like I know some people who work at like O'Neill's and, and Big Tree and well, what's it called? It's called Prohibition mm-hmm. now, um, right next to the stadium. They'll be happy. Good for them. Cool. But yeah, I'm surprised if they're going to do something new that it's not going to, they can't couldn't find a way to do it uh, downtown. A couple other things of note with that. If so, if this does happen, the lease with the Erie County expires in 2023. So they would have to work something out with the county to keep playing. So if this was going to be built, and they break ground, and like they said, three to five years mm-hmm. to build, and 2025 is the earliest, so you're talking at least a minimum of two seasons. They'd have to work out some kind of short-term lease with Erie County. I'd like to think they'd be able to do that, but that's also 
assuming that Highmark field, that's what yeah, it's called. It's now, a, right? yeah, Highmark? Healthcare yeah. field. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Assuming that like where the field is going, that it's not on direct, like they're not going to demolish that field in that facility that'll be built somewhere really close to that. Basically what I'm saying is assuming that field's even playable, they got to work something out with the, with the County because otherwise there's been talk for one to two or even three years that they might play their home games in Toronto or even worse, Penn state, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fans ain't gonna like nope. that shit, man. They're not. They're not gonna buy that. that drive so. to Penn State in the middle of winter. Forget it. Forget Ugh. it. You're you'll die either going there or coming back. I don't ever want to see another Bills game in Toronto, unless Toronto hosts a Super Bowl and the Bills are playing in it. I don't ever want to see another Bills game in. Yeah, Toronto. that's uh, to me. That's the big part that sticks out with this. Like, if there's, I mean, I know there's a lot more room. There's a lot more land and free space down that way um, than there is downtown. I get it. But like, if you're gonna build it like right next to there, like you gonna are you are you gonna eat up the parking lots to do it? No, like you can't take away the parking lots for people to go to your stadium right now. Like you just can't do that. That's why, again, like this is what I mean. Like it, it, to me, it's just all different versions of negotiation. And you're right, like they got to get it figured out with Erie County. But I think, I think the you know the big money winner that <laughs> that the Bills are, you know, in Erie County. I think you you figure out how to how to get that get that done if they got to, you know, if they have to do something there. But this is what I mean, though. Like, I just, with all the infrastructure thing that they want to tie into putting it downtown, you know, the extension of the, you know, the, of the Metro line, you know, maybe getting something added to that, something figured out with that. And then, you know, also, you know, if they end up blowing up the Skyway and taking that out, like, how does that, how is that going to affect things? And there, there's a lot of stuff in the air, like maybe putting a stadium down there speeds it up or, you can you can knock out parts of the skyway and then put new exits, put new ways to get to, to the new stadium. Assuming it's like assuming it's going to be put somewhere near Key Bank Center, because um, I mean that's where most of the designs are putting it down there someplace. Because again, the Pagulas have spent a lot of money down in that area, you know, buying up plots, buying up buildings, doing all this stuff down there because they want to build it up. And it was also a way to, for them to get in to get in line to say like, all right, well we've got all this land now. Oh boy, look, it's big enough to put a stadium now. Hey, weird. Guess what we're doing? Like, <laughs> you know, like that's that right. that that's the way I look at it. And, you know, and instead they've had they've had to get into like a money grab fight with I think it's Carl Palladino, uh, who's bought a bunch of the other land down there because he wants to get a big payday if if the Pagulas need to be, you know buy more land to extend, you know, to put parking lots or garages or whatever, because why wouldn't you? If you got the money to 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 be kind of a, a pain in the ass, it's like playing Monopoly. Like if you, you know, if you own Park Place and somebody else owns Boardwalk, well, you're going to be trying to choke each other out to get that away from them. So, but yeah, it's like this is such a complicated thing, and there's so much that goes into it, and so much like, and it's weird, big money, money will never see things, and real estate things will never buy. Like that's it's so beyond us. But also, when it comes right down to it, it's the team. Do what's best for the team, get it done, get it figured out. Like that's that's the basics for me. Like that's you want, but again, don't settle for like some half measure. Go all the way. Agreed. And so that's old or potential. I should say that's potential new stadium shit, old stadium stuff. News this week as well. Mark Poland cars, of course, uh, executive Erie County had an announcement that uh, the vaccination requirements have, have from the county have been rescinded for Bills games. The Bills announced that there'll be full capacity so the stadium could sell out for games this year. Um, no vaccinate, no proof of vaccination required anymore. 
Uh, I, I guess you could lie. <laughs> there, there, no, no separate seating. Like Salins Field was having separate seating for a while. That's over too, by the way, it's Salins Field now. So essentially, as I think a lot of people expected, it's pretty much you got your shot, you got it. You didn't get it, you're not getting it, whatever. Enough people have gotten it that, you know, just it is what it is. So anyway, it's back to normal when it comes to sports mm-hmm. anyway, as far as the county for now is concerned. And of course, he based it on low numbers and stuff like that. You got any thoughts on that? Because I'll, I'll tell you, here's my take real quick, Joe, and then I want to get yours. I don't care anymore, man. <laughs> I'm vaccinated, all right? I'm vaccinated. I personally feel safe right now, okay? You know, prior to, to getting vaccinated, my age, having COPD, I did not feel safe. I was scared to to walk into a Publix or to or to a Walmart or to, or to a bar. I was concerned about it. I was trying to live my life a little bit, but I was also being wary. I got my vaccination. 70% of, of the state, I, I, I think it's something like that or close to it. They've done the same. I'm not really scared now. So that's that, you know, and just so much of this shit just drains me, man. It's, enough people are vaccinated. Awesome. And if you're not going to get it, there's none that you or I or any official or any celebrity out there is going to say, if, I, I feel like if you haven't gotten it by now, you're, you're probably not. So, I mean, we could keep fighting these battles day, day in and day out, or just take care of yourself. You got your shot, go enjoy the game. And what else can you do about it? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Everybody's exhausted by it. Like everybody's every yeah. people have been over it for a long time. Like even we were two months into it, people were over it. People were just like, "Well, I just got to get back to normal." And it's like, "Well, I don't know. We still got thousands of people dying every day, so like, eh, probably won't be for a bit." But now the numbers are calmed down, and the finish line is right there in sight. Like it's it's right there. And the part like, and I'm not a perpetual worry wart, you know, chicken little. But like, you know, you see the stories about the, you know, the, the variants that are out there. And it's like, there's the only reason there are variants is because everybody decided like, eh, it's the flu. Who cares? Like, it's not how viruses work. Viruses, if you keep letting a virus mutate, it's going to keep finding new ways to, to survive. And which also is bad for people because then it kills people. And I like that's in the back of my head with all this stuff opening up and, and you know, the Delta variant is in the United States. Like there's a bunch of, there's, I think I read a thing today. It was like 83 cases, which, okay, that's bad. But also it, they say it's targeting people that aren't vaccinated because if you're vaccinated, you're basically covered. Like you are, you're, you, it's the same percentage. Like if you got both shots, you're like 96 to 90, you know, 93 to 96% safe. Cool. Great. Yeah. But if you're not vaccinated, well, this thing trans, you know, transmits itself really easily and you're in for hell, which is, it's what we've been saying since the beginning. Like if you, if you don't do things to take care of yourself, you're, you're just, you're fucked. So, you know, but like, but now that we're like, you know, the state, it's what 70% have at least gotten the one shot, you know, or or have gotten fully vaccinated. I forget what the number was, but, but like 70% of people in New York, that's crazy. That's it's amazing. It's that high. Like after like, sure. What? Four months, something like that. I mean, five, you know, maybe five, six months. I don't know. Well, at the beginning, at the beginning, it was only people at at Mm -hmm. a certain age or, you know, were prominent health risk. And then it kind of, you know, the the age would lower and then eventually anyone, any adult could get it. Now any teenager could get it. So it's a, it's a really short amount of time. End of the day, anti-vaxxers are, are taking the victory and they, they're getting the W and I'm like, that's fine. Okay, cool. You know, because 
my thing was one of the reasons why, I, well, not the reason why I got a shot. Cause like I told you my age and COPD, I was concerned. My son's 18 years old, healthy as an ox. He got a shot. And the reason why was I was concerned that he wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. play football or, or go to college. He, you know, he wouldn't be able to live yeah. in the dorms. So he wouldn't be able to do some stuff. So that's the reason why. And people who are anti were like, well, that's not going to last. You know, I'm not getting, cause I used to say that shit. You you don't get a shot. Guess what? You ain't going mm-hmm. to the bills game. Because it's the county, it's it's not a the gov the national government. They could do whatever they want to do. They could tell you whatever they want to tell you, and you follow those rules, or you, or you don't mm-hmm. go to the game. So, turns out that's not true because again, <laughs> everybody's able to go. Derry County fairs open up to everybody this year. Good, all right. If you're an anti-vaxxer and you claim a W for that, congratulations. All right, I hope you don't get it, and I hope you don't die mm-hmm. if you do. You know what I'm saying? I'm good, you can add that W. I got my shot. I did my part. You got your shot. You did your part. That's all we could do, you know? That's, so but I, I don't know. That's, that's the thing that always kills me about the, like the anti-vax people. Like, and again, if you can't get it because you have like personal health, issues, like, okay, we fine. Like you're not anti-vax. You're just like, I can't have that vax. But like, if you're just being belligerent about it and just being like, you know, whatever, it's just, you have, I look at it in a different way. It's, it, it's, it's, it is being selfish, but I look at it as not giving a shit about other people. Like, that's my whole thing. on it. It's like, you don't care about other people like that much. No, I, I only care about me. Like, there's a reason to get it, <laughs> you know, but you're like, well, I don't want that crap in my body. Okay. Well, you know, enjoy your six pack of, you know, of, of garbage beer. And, you know, it's been that day since day right. one with this though, Joe, even, even when we were in lockdown, people wouldn't stay in their houses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People would still, you know, you you can't tell me you can't take away my yeah. freedoms. It's been that way. You know, what a perfect segue. No, <laughs> it's perfect. I was, it does, but here's the thing, dude. Do we got to, can we just skip Cole Beasley this week? Can we, can we skip his tweets and, and all this shit, man? Because I'm look, I'm going to be honest with you. We're talking about the stadium. We're talking about moving. We got our 75 draft. We're about to pay tribute to a Sabres legend in a minute, man. I just don't have the mental capacity to think about this dude today. He's a great player. I like watching him. He's, I'm not saying he's a bad human being. He never did none to me personally, but his views are fucking stupid. Yeah. Just dumb. <laughs> they're the, they're dumb views. Okay. And I don't care who I, I'm going to tell you right now. I did a podcast. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. I did a podcast with Aaron Quinn mm-hmm. recently. All right. And we talked about Jordan Poyer and it ultimately led to some Rachel nice. Bush talk and long story short, it got around her and him, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't like nothing overly derogatory. I'm going to say this and I don't give a shit who hears it. Cole Beasley's a great player and I don't have a personal problem with him. He's never did none to me or my family, but his views are fucking stupid. They're dumb. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Stop spreading, not even spreading misinformation, but you know, science is dumb and God's will and all this stuff. I'm doing, I just told you I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about him. I want to skip him. And yet I'm talking about him and I did not skip him, bro. Cut me off, please. Cut, Listen, I cut you uh, off all the time. Okay, cut me off. I'll, I'll save jump me in and save you by saying, I I picked up this fight last week because when all this stuff came out, I tweeted. I was like, well, I guess Cole Beasley does want to die in this hill, and lots of people came out of the woodwork like, well, you can't challenge his thoughts. Blah, 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 blah. Like you're you're an idiot. Blah, blah. I'm like, boy, that was like a bat signal for for crazy people to to come and yell at me, which I very much enjoyed ping ponging them back i earned my noted jerk hashtag that day my friend but <laughs> yeah but it's also like everybody's just like he's got the freedom to do that how can you say that and i was like well he's got the freedom to say that right yeah 
don't I have the freedom to say that? <sighs> but I don't like that you said it. Fine. Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you voiced your opinion to me because now I know who to stay away from online. <laughs> like you've ex- like thank you for exposing yourself for being a big dumbass like but this was like this was the best part of it is that people just kept like taking it like you can't say that about him burr, 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 burr. like that's his beliefs burr, burr, burr. like yeah fine he can have those beliefs my belief is he's a moron like he's just dumb as hell and, you know and people were just like you can't call him dumb you don't know him and i was like what he's shown me through his public profile tells me enough he's stupid He's stupid and he's belligerent and he does not give a shit about his own health and the people around him because I, I, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for a point in the season where the Delta variant suddenly is in Western New York and all these guys in the bills that are just like, I don't need the shot. Bah, 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 bah. And like COVID pops into the locker room and Oh no, there goes the Super Bowl. Like that's like, that's the whole thing. Like that's the, that's the whole big dumb thing about this is that, Guy, if guys just decide not to do it and it's like you you get punished like you get rewarded if you have more guys vaccinated it's great like you get more freedoms you don't have to wear your mask around all the place it's great but if you decide like no i ain't getting this i ain't putting this stuff in my body like, all right fine like, enjoy getting masked up and not being able to do anything like just, if you want to be that selfish go all the way be like you know, it's like well i can have those freedoms anyways like, not really not when you're at work <laughs> like, you know and like just i mean just think though wouldn't it be so Buffalo to like, to be like going into like the AFC title game. And then suddenly, Hey, we had three guys test positive. They got to sit out Cole Beasley and you know, like the entire receiver room, because everybody seemed to have Cole's back about this, but the entire receiver room decided, Hey, we're not getting it either. Screw it. And then suddenly Josh Allen's got his receiving crew from his rookie year out there trying to, trying to win an AFC title game against Kansas city and like good friggin' luck. Like it just, it just screams that like, that's going to happen. Like they're picking Charles Clay off a, off a junkie. Please come back. Maybe catch something. What do they say? They say never meet your heroes. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, I, look, here, here's my thing. And, and this might take Cole Beasley. So I guess I am going there after all. I think his views are stupid. I, I, I'll say that to the end of this earth. I don't personally have a problem. I don't think he's a bad person. I think this is just what he mm-hmm. believes. I think it's completely stupid, but whatever. He believes what he believes. This is where I have the biggest problem. So let's just say these fans were coming out of the woodwork and just let's use you as an example. Let's say 20 of them came at you. Well, he's got it right. This, that, and the other thing. This is the, this is the hypocritical shit that I hate. If this was Cole Beasley saying the same exact thing, except Cole Beasley was a star slot receiver for the Miami Dolphins, 15 of those 20 people who were sticking up for him would be like, fuck him. And, you know, he's an asshole. And this mm-hmm. and that. It's not even that they're sticking up for him because he's a good football player and a valuable asset to the Buffalo Bills organization. It's one of those, like when you're in a marriage and you love somebody unconditionally. We love Cole Beasley unconditionally. So if he's going to say stupid shit, oh well, he's got a right to. But if he was a Miami Dolphin and he said the same shit, three quarters of these people who are getting after you, they'd have a completely oh, yeah. different tune. And I truly believe oh, 100%. that. 100%. No, it's completely how that would work. And there's... It's it's amazing it's amazing how what what color your uniform is and what your helmet looks like de- depends on how what your opinion is of guys because man oh man like I mean and everybody every sports fan on earth is guilty of that everybody is if that was just if that was Justin Zimmer if that was uh, the, the third string fourth string type if that was Reggie Gilliam or somebody like that on the Bills saying the same thing 
you wouldn't get him out of the door mm-hmm. fast enough. But it's right. Cole Beasley, and I, I truly believe that. And I, you know, I, I, like it goes back to uh, Bean getting his his wrist slapped about saying like, "Hey, anybody who doesn't get vaccinated, I'm cutting him from the team." And the league was just like, "You can't say that. Like that's that that's that that, that that's got to cause us problems." And it's like, he's the GM of the team. Can't he just do that? He's like, we get more benefits by everybody getting you know more people getting vaccinated. Like. I want these benefits. A bunch of the players want these benefits. So just, hey, if you don't want to do it, you can do it. You can be, go be a moron somewhere else. Cole Beasley's the type of dude who really would benefit. He, he would stand to benefit by just getting rid of Twitter. Yeah. What, what benefit does he have? Yeah. He's a great wide receiver. The, the fans love mm-hmm. him already. I know he's, he does rap music. So when, whatever. If you, got, if you got music coming out, all right, then go on there to promote it. But stay your ass off Twitter because there's no benefit to it. Somebody like you or I, we need Twitter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that helps us establish our brand. It helps us get our content out there. Cole Beasley goes on and plays on Sundays. Fans love him already. There's no benefit for him to go on Twitter at all. And especially if this is going to be his attitude. And he's right about one thing. There are lots of players who feel the same way. Rachel Bush is 100% correct Mm -hmm. about this. And she would know better than most people because she knows these players and their wives and their girlfriends more than any of us do. There's a lot of people who feel that way. But do you see Josh Allen? Do you see... I mean, they might say, I agree with Cole or whatever, you know, retweet, quote, tweet, whatever, but they're not the ones out there saying this outlandish shit. They're just, hey, we're not going to get our shot or whatever. And for the most part, just keep quiet about it. But just to make this kind of ruckus, it's just, I don't see any benefit whatsoever at all to why he would do that. I got so annoyed with myself, I had to roll right into a commercial to calm down so we could switch gears because this has become bad. And Joe are pissed off at Cole Beasley and, and COVID handling right now. I do, on a serious tone here, though, um, all the stuff that we've talked about this week, some fun, some, some serious topics, this takes precedent for me as a lifelong, minus these last five years, Buffalonian and lifelong Buffalo sports fan, some really sad news this week. Renee Robert passed away following a heart attack at 72 years old, part of the French connection. And Joe, again, as somebody who, who grew up in Buffalo, just loving Buffalo sportsmen, the French connection with him, Gilbert and Rick Martin, to me, that's right up there with the electric company of the, the Buffalo Bills offensive line and OJ, the running game in the early seventies. And of course the cake on offense, the Bills Super Bowl era. Those are like the most recognizable, like sports monikers in Buffalo sports history. Really sad thing uh, to, uh, and I, anybody, if you got a podcast that covers the Sabres, or if you write, a, if you got a blog, or if you're a mainstream reporter and you cover the Sabres, and you're not talking about this at least a little bit this week, or writing some kind of little tribute, shame on you, because this dude is truly part of the fabric of the Buffalo Sabres. Not, not this 10-year joke that we got going on right now, but just the overall organization. He's such an important piece to it. And what, what what a great player! What a, what a big loss for the organization! You yeah, know? and you know I know th- things have been so weird with alumni the last few years. You know the the, the jersey stuff and all you know all that you know insane distraction stuff. But having those guys around and having them be around, especially with those big nights like that, those are the nights that really you know. And I know it has a lot to do with the you know how how bad the team's been. But like those are the nights where everybody can just be like, you know what? Who cares about who cares about these guys right now? These are the good times. These are the guys that we've got these 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 so, these strong memories for, these attachments, and they're beloved, you know. And the, the, I think nothing is more, you know, is more 
recognizable of that than those teams in the seventies, and especially, especially the French Connection, because I mean, I, I you know one of one of my uh, one of my stat guys that I follow, Corey Snyder, he he said that you know after after they announced Renee's passing. He said, he said the French connection line was, was, is one of the older, like from the seventies, you know, units that he watched and he was just like, whoa, I gotta, I want to, I want to dig into more stuff about these guys. I want to learn more about how well, how good they were together. Like try not necessarily, you know, bringing advanced stat stuff to like old games, but like just trying to see like, were these guys that good? And yeah, they were that good. I mean, you, you can, the eye test alone told you that, but like, you know, watching watching the old videos of them and just seeing them, you know, the way that they just played together, having three guys like that click and just scoring, you know, just dynamite goals all the time. Man, oh man, you can see why the city fell in love with with the Sabers so quickly, and how like all these guys became rock stars uh, of a, of their own sort. And um, and you know what, out of you know out of these guys, I mean, you know, unfortunately, never got to meet Rico, but I, you know, I've met Gilbert and I've met Renee, and and Robert is just just a just he was just such a prime guy like just like he was he was you know still a rock star here still beloved people would go nuts seeing him and he was still just like a regular dude just a regular dude but he knew where his place was and he leaned into that too and but like not in a bad like not in a bad way not in a like not in like any sort of bad way at all but it was just like he had that aura about him where it was just like yeah i know i know i'm a big guy but like hey let's hey what are you up to what's going on with you like that's, I mean, yeah. that's like classic hockey guy humility, but like, I don't know that that's just the way he was, you know, like you get like that air of stoicism around Gilbert. Like, I mean, how do you not like <laughs> hall of famer, the whole nine yards. And like you, you get a sense of awe being around a guy like that, but like Renee, he was great. And you, you, you weren't put off by like how great he was. You were, you were just like, he's one of the dudes. He could be hanging out in your group. Like you'd be at a bar drinking a beer. He might be hanging around next to you. He, you know, and just be like, hey, buddy, we'll get your beard. Yeah, okay, great. Like, <laughs> you know, he'd just be going along. Hey, what's your name? Oh, Rene Robert. Whoa, holy shit. You know, like, like yeah. he's just that kind of dude. And like that, that, that to me says so much about a guy's character. And, you know, that's just, it's so special to have that. And it's, it's a, it's a huge loss for this community. It is, you know, quick side note too, because you mentioned Rick Martin. I played golf with him in an outing once. He was in, not with him. He was in one group in front of me. Now, I don't know if he was, uh, I don't know if his short game was good or if he could putt, but I don't think I've seen a guy hit a golf ball in, with my own eyes, except for like being at a PGA event minus that. I don't think I've ever seen an amateur golfer hit a ball harder and farther than Rick Martin did. I mean, he just would absolutely crush golf balls. But yeah, man, Randy Robert, 40 goals. He scored twice. He scored at least 30 goals four different times. And I'll tell you, so the Sabres put out this like, I don't know, it's like a minute long clip on social media. And it was nice. It was a tribute to him. And you can see some of the big goals he scored, some of the big moments and just the, I, I can't help this. I, I try not to attach the past to the present too much because it's depressing, but that's exactly what happened. I'm watching the fans in the stands at the odd just go fucking crazy for these guys. And then I just think of now and it's just, Dude, it's, it's legitimately, I'm not even, mm, I, I'm legitimately <laughs> sad when I, when I see what this team was, somebody like my son, who is 18 years old, for an example, he's, he was eight years old the last time they were even semi-relevant. 
he doesn't, he literally doesn't know what he's like. Cause you don't know what the hell you're watching really when you're seven, yeah. eight years old, you don't remember a lot of details and stuff like that. He's never seen this city be in a position and it's not the city's fault. It's the organization's fault. He's never seen the city rally behind this team and get excited about it. And like anything close to capacity, like when Rennie Robert was here or obviously for several years and, and generations mm -hmm. after that sucks. And it's depressing to look at these clips for that reason too. You know? Yeah. Oh. And, and like, I mean, I, I think if there's a, it, it, it's a good thing. And yet it's still a very depressing thing that you can't associate those two together. Like, yeah. And because I think if there was, I mean, if there was a group like that today, like if they had a French connection line today, like a French connection, like line today, how long do you think you'd be able to keep them around for like everything about the modern business of hockey ruins that. And I know there's there was a right. part of that too back in the seventies because you know, I, I know some owners had a lot of money, some owners didn't, and you know they they operated their teams how they could. But the fact that you know, you know the Sabers their first draft their first pick was Gilbert Perot, and then you get Rick Martin and you get Rene Robert at different points, and you've got these three these three guys from Quebec in Buffalo where you, you couldn't ask for like two more differing, you know, uh, places to to be. You know, you know, grow, you know, if you grew up outside, you know, out near Montreal, then you come to Buffalo, it's like, you know, night and day, but they came here and they were, they were immediately beloved and they were immediately, you know, the, the community immediately brought them in and they perform like it too. Like they, like I, I try not to get caught up in these histrionics with this stuff, but the community aspect of Buffalo is such a big deal. And if you put, if you lay all your stuff on the line and you perform at such a high degree, and you show it off, the people are going to love you. Like that's, they, they, yeah, exactly. And they love you forever. And like, that's, that's why Renee, you know, Renee Robert hasn't played, you know, hasn't played hockey and he hadn't played hockey in what, you know, 30, 40 years. Didn't matter. Everybody in Buffalo knew him. Didn't matter if you're young or old, you just knew who he was because he was just, oh, he was, he was a guy who was there. You'd see him at games. You'd see him just love everything about this. I mean, I, I read a, I read a, anecdote today that when they you know when they demolished the odd he got a bunch of rocks from of the you know from the odd the the you know the now you know knocked down odd and made that part of his driveway at home because he wanted to have the odd with him at home at, at his freaking house that's how much that's how much yeah. this stuff meant to him like that's that's unbelievable to have you know a guy who's not from here just take to the community and take to everything about being a saver the way he did so we're taping this again. I am in somebody's kitchen with this hollow ass sound, but we're taping this on a Wednesday late in the day for a Friday morning drop. And the reason why I say that is this, as of this taping, nothing's went out with the Sabres. Before we get into our starting five, I'm going to make a prediction right here. This time next week, and hopefully, usually, typically Joe and I tape around close to dinner time, rush mm -hmm. hour traffic time on Thursday. So uh, by next Thursday, I'm going to predict that either the Sabres have a new coach or that Eichel, Reinhardt, or Rissolanian, one of them are going to be a former saver by the time we tape next week. Am I being a, a little too optimistic? I don't want to say optimistic because then it makes it sound like I want all that to happen. Am I being, uh, am I wrong? Am I completely <laughs> wrong? 100% wrong. Do you think there's any realistic chance that any or all of those things happen or they come to fruition before we tape next I week? I think there's a greater than 10% chance. I mean, I'm not saying it's a zero percent. I'm not, I can't say it's zero because most likely, most likely of everything I just said, 
uh, most likely it'd be Jack. I think the Jack's Jack's the first domino. I think that's the one they have to work on. They have to get it right. They have to get it absolutely right. They have no choice. <laughs> and I mean, I think they're going to get what they want for him. But like, you know, if like if you screw up trading Jack, then suddenly you're, you maybe you have to go back crawling to Sam Reinhardt and be like, hey, man, really sorry. We need to keep you around. Do you mind? Like he's going to be like, no, I, I double don't want to stay. <laughs> I, I double don't want to stay there. Because at least not, like I think because you know you're trading Jack, I think it means you know you're trading Sam. Because I mean we've gone over this a million times before, but I think moving Jack as soon as possible also gets your coach thing figured out. Because you know it's like I said, if if you're doing a half measure sort of thing, like if you want to keep Sam and you want to like try to compete for the playoffs again right away next year, I don't think you clear out Jack and Sam together. Um, I mean obviously you're going to get a nice return for Jack. But like it's assumed that they're going to be really young, and you're not planning to make the playoffs the following season. So I won't say it's immediately likely, but it's I've been spidey senses and what from people tell me, you know, things that they, they think are going on. Obviously, the you know the the insiders on on Twitter say that you know maybe not within a month, you know maybe within a month it'll happen. I, my gut tells me it's going to be sooner than a month because I, because I honestly believe some of the people they've interviewed for coach are just kind of like, what's our team? Like what, like who am I coaching? Cause that would be my first question. <laughs> if you're going in for a coaching interview, it's like, well, if Jack's not going to be here, I need to know who's coming here. Ultimately, Joe, the league, I'm sure the league is going to say, all right, you cannot do this right now, but let's just say that the Sabres, which is not going to be a surprise that they do trade Eichel. Wouldn't you think the league would want them to wait until after the playoffs? Because would you, would, all right, let me ask you this. Would you feel like, let's just say I am right, and then your temper, greater than 10% chance does come true. And let's say next Tuesday, the Sabres trade Jack Eichel to whoever, who cares, doesn't matter. Columbus yeah. doesn't matter. Name, name, name the team. My point is, you feel like maybe that's upstaging the, the conference finals, and by next week, you know, the Stanley Cup might be set. Do you think the league might be like, come on, man, you know, let's, can we, uh, can we not do this right now? Do you think that will have any bearing whatsoever on any potential? Now, the hiring a coach, especially if it's Granado, who gives a shit? You could do that mm -hmm. on Sunday morning for for all I care. But Reinhardt, or especially Eichel, if they're going to make that move, do you think the league at least wants them to to hold off until the playoffs are over, win that day's news cycle or something like that? I think if the league had their way, they would tell everybody to not do anything until after the cup finals are over. But the but the off season schedule is so packed. Like you know, we're I mean, Stanley Cup's got to go into July. You know, the, the the draft and free agency all comes up at the end of July. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess you could wait till after it's over. But like you're you're ruining your own timeline. I think the only thing they would ask is to do it on a day off. Honestly, because that you know, on a day off, you know, your teams are going to be practicing or or traveling, and. Who cares? Like you're filling, you're filling your time, you know, looking ahead to the, to, to the next game and what happened in the last game. Uh, so if you've got a, you know, a blockbuster gigantic trade that happens in that day, cool. <laughs> I think the guys playing in the, in the cup final or the conference final would be very okay with that. <laughs> Honestly, because then it's just kind of like, Oh, everybody's paying attention to that thing. Okay, great. Cool. Like we'll worry about our own business. So yeah, I, but I mean, yeah, you're right. Le you know, no league likes moves happening while they're while the main events happening. I mean, Jesus, I think I think of the the 07 World Series 
Colorado and Boston and A-Rod opted out of his contract in the middle, you know, in the middle of the game, I think Boston was going to clinch it, like clinch the series. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every, (laughs) I was, but you know, I had so many Red Sox fans and they were furious, furious that A-Rod took the attention away from Boston. And he, he completely did because that's all they talked about the whole rest of the freaking game. It's the world series. And everybody's like, Oh my God, A-Rod, A-Rod opted out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, like, insane like that's just like that that kind of stuff's insane so like imagine if buffalo you know decided they completed their deal right before overtime starts and like game seven of the stanley cup final like a nobody gives a shit then like absolutely no one gives a shit like get out of the way buffalo you you morons and b right i think gary bettman would be well within his rights to come and kick terry in the nuts for doing (laughs) for doing that because holy (laughs) shit dude are you serious like like how how dumb can you be? You're never going to get a call again for the next five years. <laughs> like you're never getting another on ice call if you do that. So yeah, I, if you do it on a game day, you deserve all the you deserve all the pain that you get, all the scorn. But yeah, do it on an off day. I, I I just to me, it's the kind of move that does not wait for a schedule. It does not like you you pull the trigger on that when you have to. If you have to announce it the day later, fine. All the insiders are going to know about it anyway. Everybody's going to be discussing it. Everybody's going to know it in advance. Fine. Like, who cares? Like, you know, you know, Bob McKenzie seems to know stuff two days before it happens. You know, Elliot Friedman's the same way. Drager, you know, all those guys, they all, they all hear down the line. But if it happens on a game day, I would be shocked. Shocked. Let's, uh, speaking of shocked, nice little, another segue. Actually, you know what? It's not a good segue. It's a terrible segue. I was going to say, because we're going to finish with our starting five, but I was going to say shocked was, how bad you kicked my ass in last week's <laughs> poll. But that's not a shock. You, you know why it's not a shock, Joe? Because I told you, what did I tell you on the podcast last week? Why we taped? I said, I bet you you end up getting 70% mm-hmm. of the vote. I was wrong. You got 75% of the vote. <laughs> the biggest, by far the biggest ass whooping of any of our uh, contests yet. So last week we did sports movies. Joe was on a losing streak and he broke that. Bullshit losing streak. shit out of me. Still <laughs> mad about the losing streak. Joe drafted Rocky one Caddyshack miracle bull Durham and uh raging bull. I went with major league Rocky three, uh, but league of their own Hoosiers and love and basketball. First of all, Rocky three instead of Rocky two really hurt me. I got a lot of people telling me that that was a lot of people yelling about Rocky four at you. And I was like, I love Rocky four, but it's cheesy. It's cheesy as hell. I love the sound. I love the music from Rocky four. Yeah. But anyway, I took a beating for that, and I, I think I hurt myself. I took a league of their own instead of like the natural or field of dreams. That definitely hurt me. And then love or basketball or loving basketball. I took that. I, I probably should have took like white man can't jump or he got game. Countless other basketball movies that I probably could have taken. So it was kind of like one of those self-inflicted blowouts. Like this was a baseball game. I probably had three years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then three years in the first four or five innings. But you drafted well. I mean, you, seriously, you had five rock solid picks, and I was kind of all over the place, man. So I, I can't complain. I, this that was the deserved result. I I, think. Well, I agree for very selfish reasons, obviously. But uh, it, it's like I said, though. Like there were there were fifty. There's at least fifty movies that could have been in anybody's top five. Um, but I like to think that yeah. I set up Murderer's Row against you. Like that's that's Babe Ruth. That's that's Gehrig. That's that's the entire twenty seven Yankees step into the plate against your, I don't know, 1963 Mets, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's like, that's the, um, 
that's how confident I was with all those picks. Like the fact that I, you know, not, not that I want to belabor this, but the fact that a raging bull was my fifth pick, like <laughs> it's right. just like, you know, like, okay, I'll t- I guess I'll take, I guess I'll take one of the best boxing movies ever made. One of the best movies ever made. Sure. I'll take it. Great. <laughs> I think you would have won no matter what, but had, if I would have took, but I, again, I, and I said this last week over and over, I said, I'm picking five movies that I personally mm-hmm. enjoy the most. If I would have took Rocky two instead of three, and if I would have taken, let's say, uh, the natural instead of league of their own, I, I still would have lost because your team was just better than mine regardless. But I think it would have been more like maybe 60, 40, as opposed to, you know, the 75, 25 ass whooping that I got. So anyway, all right, so this is what we're doing this week. And this is another one of those where I think this is a, a very broad category. So we're going to do animated series, cartoons slash cartoons, all right? So basically, it could be anything that's animated or a cartoon. It could be 70 years old. It could come out as recently as a year ago. One rule, and I'll tweet this out too because I know if we don't mention this, it's going to get some uh, criticism. Joe and I both agreed the Looney Tunes is not eligible to be picked and the reason why is because there's just too many in one broad you know uh to lump mm-hmm. it all with looney tunes because you have bugs bunny man you got daffy you got porky pig and tweety and elmer fudd and the roadrunner and my my personal favorite peppy Le Pew. so they're all part of looney tunes so to take one of them that would be like saying if we did a movie draft a sports movie draft and joe had the first pick and he says all right i'm taking the whole rocky franchise <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we've been more specific so we both agree that there will be no Looney Tunes, but besides that, everything else is for up, up for grabs. If it's a cartoon or if it's animated in any way, and it's a series, and a series meaning it's not just one off, it's not a movie, it's not like in a you know like an Avengers movie, a, a cartoon or anything like that, then uh, then it's eligible. I'm I'm extremely good with that. I'm also going to tell you I have no list in front of me. Um, this is not because I'm not prepared. Um, but mostly it's because I just wanted to like, just kind of go with the flow on this one. I didn't want to come in with an, a plan of attack. Like, I've got an idea who you're going to take first. I have a very strong idea who you're going to take first, but I, I think beyond that, like, do you, I think I do. I, I really, I think so. Um, I might surprise you. But I, hey, listen, if you do, surprise. I'll be happy to take advantage of that. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, but like, I, I think when you, when you, I mean, we'll discuss this at, afterwards, but I think with some of the stuff, like it's, it's too broad, like, and like, I'm thinking a series here, like whether it's, you know, short run or, or long run or whatever. Um, I'm going heavy on series. So like single character runs, like, I don't know if I'm down with that, but, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. Yeah. This is going to be one of those things where as we're doing, I'm like, well, this is really a good idea. This subject this week, we'll find out as it goes. I will say one thing too, like, Usually, I can only speak for myself here. Usually, you and I are really thorough with our explanations on why we take something, whether we believe it in our hearts or whether we're trying to sell the fans, <laughs> whichever way you look at it. But this week, I really don't have all that much to offer. I'm just going to make picks and you know give you a quick, quick reason why I like them. So on that note, I am going first. I think you're wrong, by the way. I don't. Are you going to admit to me if you're wrong about who the oh, first absolutely. pick is? And I'm probably going to I'm probably going to make it my pick next. So. All right, well, I'm going to tell you right now, because for me, it's actually an easy one. It's my favorite cartoon of all time. I grew up watching it. It was way, obviously way before my time, but I grew up watching it. And to this day, if I see it on TV land at two in the morning or whatever, maybe I'll still watch it. That's Tom and Jerry. 
Tom and Jerry is my favorite cartoon. I love that. And again, this is cartoon animated series of all times, man. Dude, the shit that Jerry would do to Tom, that dumb fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it never... It, I never didn't laugh. All the crazy shit that cat got himself into. I, again, I don't really have no long, drawn-out explanation. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's quite literally my favorite cartoon. And I know there's much more mature... Yeah oriented adult animated series out there that'll do well. And I, and I probably am going to pick a couple of them, <laughs> but my first pick, my first overall I had to say true, man, Tom and Jerry, my favorite cartoon ever. So that's my first. And, and then you got, let two, me tell man. you, I love that pick. Uh, like just straight up, no snark, no, no beam. It's gutsy. It's, it's gutsy. Oh, it's extremely gutsy. It's it's probably going to be your downfall, <laughs> um, especially <laughs> leaving me two picks in a row, man. I don't know about that, but but I oh man, I watched so much Tom and Jerry as a kid because it was just always it was always on. Like it was never not on. It was always like on TBS or something. You just got to watch so much of it, and oh man, like just the crazy stuff when people were just like the violence is getting to the kids. Like it never made me want to get a mallet out and smack my sister in the head. Okay. It never made me want to stick my hand in a mouse trap, you know? Like, I just never wanted, you know, set my sister's hair on fire. No, it didn't make me want to do any of that stuff. But it was hilarious to watch Tom react to Jerry every single time. It was just so good. And that cartoon came out 1940. Man. That's how old that cartoon is when it first started coming out. So you're talking, what, 80, 81 years ago is when that yeah. cartoon debuted. Jeez, oh, wow. okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm nostalgic for that, even though it came out, you know, 30 almost 40 years before i was born like that's that's awesome uh so yeah i i unironically love that pick i just am i love it for a few reasons now uh because my first pick is going to be the simpsons there is without a okay, doubt I, I, that's i expected i mean that's the one i thought you were going to pick because it's been on for 30 years <laughs> it's been it's been on for like over th over 30 years though oh my god oh my god and it, it, the peak of its run is is some of the best TV that's ever been made. Period. Period. So I mean, yeah, people hate it now. I get it. Like whatever. It's it's overstayed. It's overstayed its course, like by a long shot. Um, but it's still the it's still the best. It's the it's the fact that it started in what in 1989 and it's 2021 and it's still going and they're still making new episodes is insane. I cannot believe it. So yeah, that that's my number one pick. My number my next pick. Batman the Animated Series. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Now, I don't know that this would immediately come to a lot of people's minds, but of like any DC comic stuff ever made, movies, anything, this is the best stuff ever made. Like this, the entire series is so well done and so good. It's just incredible. I, 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 like there's, there are single episodes that stick out of my mind still now that blow me away that they are able that they, that they did such a story in an, in a cartoon and that gets so much depth, so much emotional depth and, and plot and everything, everything about it. Friggin great. Like just an unbelievable, an unbelievable series. It's, it's, I love it to death. Yeah. I, for, for what it's worth, the Simpsons were number two on my okay. list. Okay. Well, I, I knew, I knew I, I didn't spend much time. I, I knew I was taking Tom and Jerry and I didn't spend much time thinking about the Simpsons because I knew there was no shot that I was going to be able to get him with the fourth overall pick. So I got two in a row here. And, uh, you know, I do have things written down, unlike you, <laughs> but I have not. I really don't have a strategy. I'm just kind of looking and I got them kind of all clumped together. 
and going, I, ugh, I will, uh, you know what? My, so I got two here. I'm going to go, you know what? Another old one. This was a little more modern than Tom and Jerry, but not a lot because it still came out before I was even born originally. But Scooby-Doo. Love it. The Scooby-Doo series. Now I know there was some spinoffs and shit like that, yeah. but I don't care. Like Happy Days had Joni Loves Chachi afterwards. I don't count Joni Loves Chachi. I just count Happy Days. So when I say Scooby-Doo, yeah, I'm being a little Scrappy-Doo can go to hell. And I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be some. You know, I know there were some variations of it later on as as the show got older, but I really don't give a shit. So I'm I'm kind of cheating here. I'm just taking the whole Scooby Doo franchise. I always loved it. Good mysteries mm-hmm. at the end, and they pull someone's mask off, and it would be whoever. So yeah, so I'm gonna go Scooby Doo, and uh, this might be my only semi recent pick. Maybe I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But also South Park. Mm-hmm. I love South Park. It's a very modern show that 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 I really enjoyed. Again, when it comes to cartoons, and I'm being completely honest here, I don't love them with the same passion that I love movies that you and I have discussed mm-hmm. on this podcast that we drafted or or music artist or or things like that. So I don't have that same passion, but these are ones that I enjoyed. And I so I got a list and I'm sticking with it. So yeah, I'm gonna go Scooby-Doo and I'm gonna go South Park. So those are my next two. Watch. You know what's funny is this is the, the the one where the category where we probably put the least into, and this will probably be the first legitimate nail biter that we had this whole series <laughs> so far. I think no, I I 100% think you're right because right now, like I'm I'm picturing the future debate, and people are going to be like, oh, Joe got the Simpsons, yeah, but Pat got Scooby Doo. Like I could see that being the thing where people are just like, oh man, toss up like that. I could see it played out that way. South right. Park. South Park's tough to beat. I got, I got, I got to say, like that's that's a it's a really good pull. And you know, considering you picked Tom and Jerry first, I'm surprised you pulled that one. So, kudos, kudos to you. I thought maybe it would sneak by. Um, my next pick, my see, I should have written stuff down because now now I'm just thinking of a thousand different things, and that's bad for me because my brain just goes, see ya. Um, <laughs> and like it's not it's me stalling because I'm trying to regain where I'm going here. Um, and I don't want to look up a list because then I'll just be, like, oh yeah, that one. That's re- that's really good. No, it's uh, because I've watched I've watched so many cartoons and I love so, like animation and voice acting. I love voice acting. I would love to get into it. I'd love to do it because I think I'd be really goddamn good at it too. I um, do too. You know, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, had man, zero you, formal you training really for it, but like, you know, you grow up doing radio. You do radio stuff through college. You start doing voices and shit, and it's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but I'm going. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of newer stuff that is just, I don't know how it would fit with the general view of the vote. Cause I have to keep that in mind too. Cause if I pick something that is incredibly good, but people are just like, the hell's that? I don't know what that is. Then I'm, then I'm that toast. tends to happen too. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's definitely you're rolling the dice. Right. If you do that. But I'm like you, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick to my guns and say the venture brothers, the venture brothers is it, it's a, one of the cartoon network adult swim shows. It's a takeoff on like old, like like sixties and seventies cartoons, like Johnny Quest and things like that, and it's like sci-fi and it's geeky. And the plot is that like the storyline in it is is both. You can watch an episode and just be like, "That's completely ridiculous." And then also, if you get tied into like what they're what they're talking about the story, you're just like, "How deep are they going with this story?" Like this is <laughs> this is getting very heavy like and not heavy but like they're doing things with, with a cartoon that should be just silly and goofy and they're just 
like just getting like really worked up with like intricacies with the story. I, I, all of these things push all the right buttons for me. That's why I love it. Okay. And I, th- this, this is another one where it, it, it's me, it's me, it's sticking to my guns and me thinking it's going to bite me in the end. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to, no, because I'm going to pocket it because I know you're not going to take it. Uh, instead, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Family Guy. Family oh, Guy changed good. up so much. That's a game changer. It, like right at the point when the, when the Simpsons started to get a little stale, you know, right as yeah. the Simpsons was like at its apex, like it was at its most peak, Family Guy showed up and they're like, okay, yeah, we're like the Simpsons, but we're going to be way more stupid. <laughs> and we're going to be way more ridiculous and we're going to do like dumb references constantly and you know musical bits and then the whole thing I, I i still say like the first three three or four seasons of family guy are, are again some of the best animated stuff you're ever going to watch like that's it's seth mcfarland like i know he's you know he can be a you know a lot to handle as a personality but man, oh man, the, what, what he did with that show is just so good. Like, it's just so good and it's so funny that it's, it's hard to walk away from. And I know if I left it on the board, you were going to absolutely pick it. I was. <laughs> that was one of my next two picks because I got two more here. In fact, it was my next pick, actually. I, I didn't have it written in pen, but I had it in pencil. Yeah, I, I think you saved yourself from this poll. With the, that, that's a solid. Having the Simpsons and the Family Guy both in this poll is going to make like I said, even worst case for you, worst case for you, this is going to be really, uh, really close. All right. So I got two more and, uh, I, you know, I feel pretty good about these. I feel good about these because I had three in mind, but the family guy you take in, it kind of mm-hmm. made it a little more easier for me. I still got three, but I got to choose two. Number one, I, I, again, I'm going to young people who didn't watch these are not going to like my, <laughs> my, uh, my group. I can tell you right now, cause I'm going with another really old one and that's the Flintstones. I grew up watching, obviously, in syndication because it aired in the 60s, but uh, I loved that cartoon. And I'm talking about the cartoon, by the way, not the movie. The Flintstones movie was one of the biggest pile of shit I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life. John Goodman and Rick Moranis, Rosie O'Donnell, that, the movie was horrible. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, I love the Flintstones. So I'm going to go with them. Ugh. All right, so this is where I got one of two. You know what? Because I liked it when it was on, it made me laugh all the time. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Beavis and Butthead that was on MTV. I loved Beavis and Butthead though. The whole playing the music videos, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> turn off. It sucks. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, you know, I'm not going to look back with that. Like I said, I wanted family guy, but you stole that from <laughs> me. I should have known that that would be around in the third and fourth round. That's what I'm already looking at my mistake there. And I, and I, I feel like I could have probably stashed Scooby-Doo to the end. And if I would have went South Park and, Family Guy, I think I would have locked mm-hmm. this down, but I fucked up. So I don't know. Whatever, like, it is what it is. You get the last pick too. Let's see if you could hurt. Maybe you'll hurt yourself I, more. Than it's possible. Yourself. I have there's there's a lot to pick from. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but I, I'm looking at your I'm looking at your lists, and I'm just like I don't know. I don't know if you're skewing too old. Is the thing, but, but I think there's enough familiarity. Yeah. Like if anything, Tom and Jerry might be just like, oh yeah, okay, but like. Everybody likes Tom. Oh, yeah, I mean, but like, I, I think there's, I don't know if my generation was the last one that really had it on TV a lot, though. Like, that's, that's my catch, where I'm just like, well, I don't know. my son, my son's 18, Joe, and he he watches that now. Again, he's not, 
you know, the brightest bulb <laughs> in, in, in the lamp. So I don't know, man, maybe he, he he's an, an exception. I don't know. I, I think that one's going to play well, but anyway, we'll talk about the general stuff at the end. Cause you still got another pick here. So let's see if you can hurt yourself. I, I, I want you to hurt yourself here. <laughs> I'm just doing a quick verification that this was actually a show. I'm not actually looking it up, but like there's there's a title in mind that I want to make absolutely sure this was like an actual program. Uh, so all right, I've got my pick. And where's my pen? I, it's on my lap. Okay. Um, I'm going to do it by, by giving you the lyrics to the song, the theme song. Oh, oh boy. Overture, curtains, lights, this is it, the night of nights. No more rehearsing and nursing apart. We know every part by heart. Let's skip ahead. Tonight, tonight, <laughs> what heights will hit? On with the show, this is it, the Bugs Buddy and Road Brother show. <laughs> get impromptu <laughs> shitty karaoke from me to get Bugs Bunny and Road Runner. <laughs> that was awesome though man i also Bugs had to like do Bugs like a Bunny. paul lind voice with it too because i have to do broadway voices i gotta i gotta do paul lind and just be funny that way not that anybody knows now who paul here's lind one thing i could i could tell you right now so again i i'm gonna have to put on a tweet that looney tunes was not eligible because otherwise people would be always oh, you to pick looney tunes well we said that wasn't eligible right so bugs bunny Roadrunner show. And it was on for seven years. Cause I remember watching that. Oh, I know. Up. I know it. I've watched it. <laughs> I watched plenty. Cause that was it. when people talk Saturday morning cartoons, that's what they were talking about. Like that was, that was, that was basically the show. Let me tell you a couple that I have written down. Cause I do have a few that didn't ultimately end up getting drafted by either of us. One of them, which I, I labored over is the peanuts. You know, Charlie Brown. Was it really a know, lot, lots of them. But that's the thing. It's All like, I, I don't know. I think of them, I think of movies yeah. or, or TV specials. So I don't want to get controversial. So that's why I kind of stayed mm-hmm. clear of them. Um, a couple other ones, SpongeBob SquarePants. That's a popular and yeah. semi, semi-recent one. Um, this is an older one, The Jetsons. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought like the when you took Flintstones, you were going to take Jetsons with it. I thought that was <laughs> the direction you were going because that those to me are like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. I got one more. Don't add to it. Don't ask me why, because I, I can't give you an answer. Again, I'm not a big cartoon guy. I didn't grow up a big cartoon mm-hmm. guy. And, and the cartoons I did like, again, weren't ones that aired while I was growing up. They were ones that aired before I was even born that I watched growing up. But the Smurfs, they were on Saturday mornings. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but I liked watching the Smurfs. I think it used to come on when I was a kid anyway. There was like kind of like the Hulk Hogan wrestling cartoon or some oh, shit yeah. like that would be on Saturday mm-hmm. mornings. And I know the Smurfs, I remember it being on NBC every Saturday morning. I remember watching it. So anyway, yeah, those are a couple that I had, uh, that I gave consideration to. Those are, you know, I love them. See, th- th- like this is, the thing I stayed away from was all the toy cartoons. Like the cartoons that in the 80s that were created basically just to sell toys. And like the shit, yeah. like Transformers and He-Man, I friggin' love those. I watched the hell out of those. And had a lot of the mm-hmm. toys to go with it, much to my 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 parents' chagrin, I'm sure. I I love those, but I like I can't pick it for this. Like Transformers, maybe like maybe I could get away, I could have gotten away with that, but I don't know. But they, like like those were great. Um, some of the other Adult Swim shows, like Sea uh, Lab 2021, is just piss your pants funny. It's so good. And it's, uh, oh oh Jesus. Bob's Burgers. Holy shit. Why did I pick Bob's Burgers? Fuck. I'm so mad at myself right now. Because I started thinking like, 
Oh yeah, like because I was I was like you know Aqua Teen Hunger Force, another one that I absolutely love. It's it's insane, it's insane, but it makes me laugh like crazy. Like they have an entire episode that revolves around New York Giants center Bart Oates. Like just I mean, listen, it's it's a, it's an insane, dumb as hell show. Um, but like things like that, I'm just like looking at like what I have. Here. Oh, the critic, uh, which lasted for like one or two seasons, which it had. That was like with John Lovitz, yeah, right? That was like that was another Mac Redding show. That the humor on that show is outstanding. Like the jokes in it are good. They, it, everything is punchy, and it just didn't survive because it wasn't The Simpsons. Like that was it came out like it came out to like piggyback on The Simpsons, and then their people were just like, "This isn't like The Simpsons at all," and off it went. But like the jokes they cut in that, and the, the way they needled Hollywood was so good. It was such a great show. And uh, one more Futurama uh futurama oh my god there's one episode of futurama that if you mention it to anybody who's watched the series or this episode in particular people will just be like oh no because it's the saddest episode i've of any cartoon i've ever watched in my life and it's uh, it's the jurassic bark episode and it's like it's everything about what a dog means to somebody in one episode and it's just like oh it's just Oh, it's crushing. It's absolutely crushing. But it's, it, but like that to me speaks at how great of a show it was. And the characters on it are so good. But yeah, like I, I had so much I could have drawn from <laughs> with all of this because there's just so much, there's so much great animation. Like back, you know, I'm mad at you for having Tom and Jerry. I'm not mad at you for picking it first, but I'm mad at you for having it just on your list because I loved it so much as a kid. Yeah, now looking back, again, strategy plays a part in these polls, and maybe I, I could have gotten away by not uh, not picking it first. There was one other one that I didn't mention, but I didn't draft it because I didn't really like it, but I know it's a popular one, and I suspect I might get a comment or two about it. What's it, what, King of the Hill or something? Oh, like yeah. That? It was a box. It was, like that was Mike Judge's. That was a relatively yeah, that's popular that's what he dumped yeah. some butthead to go do. King of the Hill's a, oh, man, I hated King of the Hill for so long, and for no good reason. You know, my, well- it wasn't a good reason. My reason was because Mike Judge gave up doing Beavis and Butthead to do it. <laughs> and me at like 13 was like, no, you can't give that up. It's the best show ever. And then it took <laughs> me forever to finally just like catch up and watch King of the Hill. They basically, once they put it on uh, Cartoon Network, I was just like, all right, finally I'll watch some of this. Man, it's great. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a great series. And again, I'm mad at my like, I could kick off two of my choices right now for King of the Hill and Bob's Burgers and I'd feel good about it. Let me uh let me run these down here as we get out of here. All right, so I drafted Tom and Jerry, Scooby Doo, South Park, Flintstones, and Beavis and Butthead. Joe went with The Simpsons, Batman animated series, Adventure Brothers, The Family Guy, and Bugs Bunny, uh, and Roadrunner Show. I think you're gonna win, but I don't. It's not gonna be 75-25 this time, and I think it's gonna be relatively close. We'll see, but anyway. Thanks for doing the pod as always. Again, this has been kind of a really wishy-washy week for me, man. And uh, just my head's been all over the place, to be completely honest with you. But that's why I love having you on the podcast. Because I know once I get you on and we get rolling a little bit, you're going to carry the shit, even <laughs> if my mind's all all over the place. So thanks for doing the, the show, buddy. And uh, yeah, next week, again, one more week where I don't know where the hell I'm going to be. And, you know, but whatever. I'm telling you now, we're going to be talking some Saber shit next week. Mark my words. We're going to have some fun Sabres topics that might be a little bit different. One way or the other, we're going to discuss the Sabres. But just remember, stay away from the red wine this time. 